Good people, and we are here for another one. Oh, it yes, your boy, as Kurt Frank would say, your cousin, your nephew, your <laughs> Josh uncle. Rogers, your nephew, your uncle. I am <laughs> Josh Rogers. All of a sudden, I am Brian Hare, and this is another episode of the GSR podcast where we talk about how to navigate and figure out the crazy puzzle piece of life, but particularly, mm-hmm. we talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, yes. and the pump circumstance of being black men or black people right here in the world. My brother, how are you? Man, it is the greatest day, an amazing day, an awesome day. It's always a great day to be black. All right. I thought she was going to give us something else. Like, is he deviating? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there. But, you know, there's other adjectives that can explain how great it is to wake up black uh, in this, you know, the skin that we're in. Looking just like we we don't we don't crack. We don't crack. You see my skin? I see it. It's just glistening. <laughs> Looks like you've been with the Lord. I have. <laughs> Looks like Moses that when he walked down from the uh, from the mountain had been with the Lord. Yay! And it hey! was just the, the face of the Lord was just shining on him. Listen, we just came out of resurrection. We did, and we and we had a high time in the Lord at our house. And I re I re listened to our last episode with um, Pastor uh, Brown. Okay, I didn't listen to that on Easter, but I did re listen. I did re listen. <laughs> I didn't do it on Easter Day. What did you do on Easter Day? What did I do on Easter Day? I oof. Ooh, I rose up out my bed by myself mm. and I gave God the glory. And I watched a um a mutual past establishment that we shared. I watched them for a little while. Oh, okay. <laughs> I watched them for a little while. And I was thoroughly, you know, I was um, uh, it was a time. <laughs> was you were you encouraged? Were you encouraged by the word? Be encouraged. <laughs> Go sing it. No matter, no matter what. what's going on. Uh, he'll do what? He'll make it all right. Uh-huh. But you gotta be strong. You know my beef with California singers. What? <laughs> Y'all don't give us no vibrato. <laughs> oh, you want some more stuff? Yeah. How's it supposed to be? It should have been. Be encouraged. <laughs> no matter what's going on, he'll make it all right. But you gotta stay strong. <laughs> I dislike you, brother. And then you gotta go into the verse. I know right now it's impossible to, to see. see. <laughs> That's a good God song. God is gonna work it out if you just believe. I don't know the rest of the words. <laughs> this one thing. That's it. That's it. Oh, you're going through. If you did it with Daniel or something like that, he'll do the same. For goo 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 goo. Are you encouraged? Are you encouraged? That reminds me of Anderson Park when he left the door open. Oh. Woo, 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 woo. He loved that, don't he? Man, the guy said, woo, 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 woo. That's a good song. Have you That's listened to the song. um the um the live version? Uh-huh. Or you downloaded it? 
I, I didn't download it, but I did mm. listen to it. I love it. It's good. I did listen to it. So how was Brooklyn's first like Easter as a as a little human? Like where she could really enjoy things and walk and run and, and uh, it was it was great. She had her little little dress on, looking mm-hmm. cute. Um come on, y'all better still put her in a dress and y'all didn't go to the to the tabernacle. Oh, we wear dresses every Sunday. <laughs> Wears a dress every Sunday. Listen, sanctified. Every Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to send my niece a pair of stockings. <laughs> she wore every Sunday. We ain't done a thing. And a little child slip. Listen. <laughs> Holiness. No. Holiness. Holiness. Without which. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she wears a dress every Sunday, but we put her in a little dress and some sneakers because she got to be sanctified, but also got to be athletic. <laughs> She's a chair lady. <laughs> a dress and sneakers. Like she's cooking out. <laughs> But listen, she got a she got a jean a jean dress, oh, a, jean, a jean skirt. She is she is Bible study ready. Listen, she got a jean skirt. I'm gonna put her on one of them things and get her one of them church t shirts and in them socks and you know, some sunshine band shirt. And a, oh no, yeah. get a purity shirt. Oh yeah, gotta be pure. Yeah, with the little purity lamb shirt. on it. Yeah, I can't wait. I was thinking about the other day, so random. I was like, I can't wait for my daughter to sing "Children of the Kingdom." <laughs> <laughs> we love Jesus. Woo. <laughs> That's who we are. Oh, but she had uh, but a good it, Easter, though, right? She did have a good Easter. She, um, we, we did the searching for the eggs, and um, my mom came over. Y'all doing and that pagan stuff? We, oh, you know, <laughs> you know if, you, if y'all believe in Santa, we can do Easter. That's the Santa's an angel. <laughs> so is the bunny. That bunny got the mark of the beast. <laughs> <laughs> um, how was your Easter though? Uh, other than going to the establishment or watching the establishment, um. Um, so it was good. I told you I went to a pre-recording. I think I talked about it. That was Saturday. So good to be inside of church. It was a really great experience. Got a good mm-hmm. word there. It was a little weird only because we were recording for Easter mm. and they kept saying, he rose, he up. And I'm like, mm, it's Saturday. He ain't up yet. He ain't <laughs> but up I, yet. He's but, still but, but I get it, right? We was preparing. Um, but that was dope. Uh, woke up Saturday, I mean Sunday, and kind of chill. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I was in bed to almost like three. Mm. I, I wouldn't good. sleep. I was just kind of relaxing because, you know, my family's out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, but my cousin heard that I was frying fish on the podcast last week. Mm-hmm. So she invited herself, more than welcome, um, mm-hmm. cooked me a, a peach cobbler, a cheat code, add you a little um, rum-flavored extract to your okay. to, to your peaches while you're boiling them. Go change okay. the game. Change the game. Put a little peach butter in there, too, from the farm's market. You can find some. Change the okay. game. Anyway. But that was it, bro. Um, chilled out and just celebrated and honored God for his sacrifice. And now, getting ready All right. for Pentecost. All it's right. Co- it's, it's coming. coming. Ooh, it's that coming. thing came up about me like a shotgun. <laughs> we, like a Tourette's tongue. Hey. <laughs> We're going to do a whole episode of just tongues. We're going to do what we're going to do. We're going to do what? Yeah, Praise the tongues. Lord. Um, so, Brian, I'm yes, feeling sir. a little churchy in my spirit. Okay. And I'm gonna give the people a, a small piece of insight to our um, production. Okay, y'all know we do a song of the week every week. We do. And what Brian and I try to do, we try to make sure that it's one that is that brings us joy. Number one, Jesus joy, Jesus joy. But number two, oftentimes we try to make sure you know the song is in theme or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe with the living room, maybe with you know what's going on in the times, but in theme. So I had one. That fit today's conversation. It was mm-hmm. Drake, Make Me Proud or Proud of You, whatever the title is. 
Right. Oh, y'all know it. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. Right. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the thing. But the Lord took me in a different direction. Bro. Oh, what did he take you? You know where he take me? I, it's, it's a hymn. Mm-hmm. It's a hymn okay. by one of my favorite artists. You want to take a, a, you know, a stab at who that might be? Um, your favorite artist, um, Jackie Clark Chisholm. Oh, ooh, no. No, uh, not Jackie. The Caravans. Hey. <laughs> ooh, I will say it's the nope, not 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 the caravan. I, I do no, I know I know what you normally would say offline. Uh, <laughs> um Dotty Peoples. Okay. Hometown favorite. Okay, okay. Uh Gangsta Boo. Singer. Oh, okay. Um Oh, that's easy. Uh Al Green. Al, Al Green. So he sang this old song, but he changed the lyrics a bit because <laughs> I was comparing Strange. his lyrics to the lyrics. And I'm like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> that ain't it. But it goes a little something like this. A wanna, a two, a wanna and a two. Like a ship that's tossed and driven. Okay. Bad an angry sea. Mm-mm. When the storms of life are raging, that's how they rage, oh, okay. and the fury falls on me. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Then I look, boom, boom, and wonder why, why great storms won't pass me by. That's what I'll say. Uh huh. Then I say to my soul, don't worry. The Lord will make oh, a that's way. Good. That's a good one. Somehow, uh huh. He gonna make a way somehow. Hey, 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 hey! Woo, woo. He will. Woo. Make a way. That is the Lord make a way somehow by Al Green. You wanna know something? You wanna know where that song really came? My spirit. So my little sister. Okay. For some reason, was listening to this song on Spotify. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, she said, Josh, do you remember when you sang this at church? And Brian. Mm-hmm. 16-year-old Josh mm-hmm. was asked to do a Samantha selection. You oh, know, I was Lord. the minister. I was sitting at the keyboard. Oh, God. And the song of choice, I was sitting and said, Lord, what I'm going to sing before Pastor get up for Bible study. And, <laughs> you know, since I was the musician, I covered myself solo. as a Samantha solo. This is what this is what played through the speakers. <laughs> Lord, help us. This is what happened in the little culture church. We went real bad. <laughs> <laughs> And everybody was looking at me a little crazy, but I kept singing. <laughs> hey, this I can imagine. <laughs> oh, that's some gospel pimping. <laughs> and the fury, Brian. <laughs> yes, it what does. It do? <laughs> oh, if this ain't blessing you, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Wonder why. You sing, man. But <laughs> sing it, Brian. Add a little bit. <laughs> Let's get this second verse in there. I feel it. Make me feel good. I try. I try to do my best in service, Brian. <laughs> try to live. The best way I can. And when it does, what, Al? When it sings, <laughs> what does evil do? <laughs> hey! <laughs> 
I said, so? I said, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry, so. <laughs> you hear that squall? Nah. Ah, Lord. That was good. <laughs> that is Al Green. That was young Josh <laughs> singing some money selections at a culture church. Right. What did your mama say? Um, they all looked at me like I had lost my br- And I was just singing my heart out. <laughs> Singing my entire heart out, mighty God, brother. Yes. Are you are you ready to get the show started? I am ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go and talk about some black excellence in the Bliss Up report. Okay. Yeah. All right, we're here at the Bliss Up report where we talk about all the great things black folks be doing. 365, 24-7, but even more than that, 366, uh, 25-8. We're just doing great things all the time. And we have a person this week we want to give a bless up to, uh, Tashara Jones. So right. Tashara Jones. That's that a great, a black strong name. black name. <laughs> a, we love a strong name. We, we do love a good <laughs> Jones is black by itself, but Tashara. God bless you, woman of God. Um, the first black woman mayor of St. Louis. Come on, St. Louis. We're from the Lou and I'm proud. Shout out to Nelly, friend of the podcast. Um, Check out your maybe, reflection and tell her your best friend. I, I, uh, and let's pause for that. Thank God for the Buster the Challenge. The challenge. Um, <laughs> a pocket now, of joy in 2020. A, a pocket of joy. <laughs> As the preacher from A Coming to America would say, thank God for the Hugh Hefner on high. They <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, let me get back on track. <laughs> Holy God! Uh, so Tashar Jones, uh, city's treasurer, ran on a commitment to racial justice and promised to bring fresh air to the city, according to the New York Times. She ran for mayor in 2017. I'm going to consider the front runner then, but the race drew national headlines because Jones viewed that she lost her race because too many men who had no chance to win stayed in the race, which siphoned um, the critical votes from her. So, you know, women out here trying to do great things and us brothers sometimes just messes stuff up. But what happened, though, Miss Jones is all black women do kept kept doing. She kept moving. She kept doing her thing. She campaigned on improving the city's response to the pandemic and pursuing policies to improve its public health infrastructure. Uh, mobile stationary vaccine clinics would also be established under her lead. So she's out here doing great black things. Um, during her victory speech, Jones said that it would take uh, that she would take on racism, homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia, or religious intolerance. Adding that I would not stay silent when I spot any injustice. And as Martin Luther King would say, injustice to one. I'm just paraphrasing what he said. Injustice to one person is injustice to everyone. Injustice uh, here is injustice everywhere. Um, so shouts out to Tashara. Uh, one of the blackest names we've ever had in the Blessed Report, Shar <laughs> Jones, for being the first woman mayor of the great city of St. Louis. So, shouts out to that. R.I.P. to the coach of Church of God in Christ not being in St. Louis anymore. That's neither here nor there, but you know, I just decided to say that. Okay, we appreciate that. <laughs> um, Joshua, as you are, you know, uh, making sure that you are being. Um, what's the word? Um, hydrated. You're staying hydrated over there. Uh, <laughs> do we have anything in the billboard? Or would you like ready to get to the billboard? 
Let's go. God has stayed the hand of death again. But we do have somebody on the sick shutting it. We do. We do. And we want to send up prayers to our brother, mm-hmm. um, DMX, uh, yes, also, yes, yes. you know, governmentally known as Earl Simmons. That's a black mm-hmm. name, too, Earl. A good, a good black, Earl. A good, strong black name. Um, the Grammy-nominated rapper uh, was taken to a White Plains hospital late Friday night after suffering a heart attack after an alleged drug overdosage in his home. Um, and family and friends and the fans have all leaned in to support and send up prayers Um Rough Riders, for what I understand, pulled up to the hospital on their motorcycles. Oh, wow. and, um, his 15 children <laughs> have come together um, to, you know, to check on their father. And as of today, I think he's still in a vegetative state. Oh, and wow. they're about to run, um, I think, brain tests on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And things like that. So we're definitely praying for DMX. Um, we do know that drug addiction and usage is a is a terrible thing, and yep. people actually suffer with it. So we're definitely praying. And if you know someone to have a loved one, we're praying for you, and mm-hmm. we hope that you can find the resource to help you deal with yep. um, those issues. But definitely prayers for Brother DMX. Yep. Um, we talked about Easter. We did, and um, you know. Easter ended on a soul footnote because the it grandpas did. and the uncles gave us, um, they gave it to us during the verses, bro. It was an they evening did. that ended on a great note with probably one of the most classic verses. We had the great women of mm-hmm. Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle with a feature with one of our favorite persons, Miss Dionne Warwick. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was, that was earlier in 2020. And then just this past week, we had the classic battle between mm. the elements, earth, wind, and fire, and the yes, Isaac brothers. Brian, did you watch the verses? I actually did. The I whole watched thing. It. That thing was like 10 hours. I'm not going to lie on this, this here podcast. <laughs> I watched the whole thing. Um, <laughs> okay. But that thing was just going on and on. But rightfully so, they have all those hits. But no, nah, I, I, I think I tapped out like at maybe 10.45. I was just tired. It started at 8, right? It started like yeah eight eight thirty like yeah eight thirty no eight forty maybe I tapped out about nine twenty <laughs> because I started doing other things mm-hmm. and then when I it was but it was on my TV so it was on I just wasn't mm-hmm. actively watching but it was right, so right. dope Ron Isley stunned on us said he's went he had twenty nine platinum albums. 29. Who has 29 platinum anything? Right. That's how I knew at that moment right there. We was in it for a long night. We was in it for a long night. But they, but listen, the, their crowd had to go to bed. They don't stay up that late. They just start their verses at like five. They if should they have. Want, if they want to go like four or five hours. Yeah. I, and I don't understand that. Why Versus on a Sunday. Like, why are we starting at nine o'clock or 830? I, like, why? Right. After Easter. You know, we've been in church all day. We've done all listen. these different kind of things. But, you know. It was it was a great one for the culture, mm-hmm. um, and I'm gonna tell you something I actually was okay with, but mm-hmm. then as the night went on, I really mm-hmm. could have done without, and that was the presence of Steve Harvey. Yes, you know I, I do think that he has a gift of being a host, like that's mm-hmm. his niche. Yep. However, how be ever, we didn't need him. We didn't. He started talking about himself, and the whole night, the whole night was all about him, and this ain't about you. This it's is not. about the elements. This is about the Isley Brothers. And we don't care about your personal experience. We don't, I, I think I appreciate the idea that they had with having a host. Mm-hmm. And maybe even going forward, that may be cool. But we need somebody with some tact. And Steve yes. just Steve just wasn't it. Uh, but on another note, Ron Isley, 
had man. like this senior citizens transformation. Man. And the men of God had bloomers and young panties dropping all over the world. All over the place. I mean, these women out here willing to catch worms to be with Ron. <laughs> that man is 80. <laughs> Listen. And he, don't he have like a child that's like four? And his wife is 45 or 50 or something like that. Child. But that ain't none of my right. business. But Ron Ives out here giving it to the giving it to the people, and you know, I guess he looked good. He looked good. Lie. You know, the man. Of God, I hope when I'm eighty that I'm able to be as swagged out as Ron. Definitely. You know, full beard, cane. You know, all all the things. Hopefully, I don't have a cane. No, nah. um, <laughs> unless it's my hmm. cap of cane. But you know, now nah, I don't yeah. want to be using it to walk. Right. Um. But no, shout out, shout out to their verses. It was dope, and um. They played all the favorites, all the cookout songs, all mm-hmm. the... Are you still sticking with your choice of Isley Brothers being the winner after watching it? Yeah, I, yeah I'm still... I guess to me, I think I said this in our group chat, like, growing up, gangsters listened to Ron Isley. They listened to either Zap or the Isley Brothers or Ron Isley. It was just, you heard that, because it had that, like, nice street sound to it. You're a gangster? I'm not a gangster, but I, you know, I grew up around, you know, <laughs> folks that, you know, you got on this, the lifestyle. You got, on, you got on, I, you got on all this blue. I do have on this blue. <laughs> you trying to tell me something tonight, right? <laughs> come on, come you trying on. to tell me something, you know? No, I'm not near here on that. It's okay. just, you know, it is what it is. Are you affiliated? <laughs> oh, no. Do we need no to... I, I'm affiliated with the Lord. Affiliated with you Jesus. Is that a bandana over there, Marcus? <laughs> I'm affiliated with the Lord. Okay. All right. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was still. I guess to me, the thing is like you either want cookout music or like sex, like sex music. Ron Isley, the Isley Brothers, they give you just like no, yeah, good sex, and the elements give you great cookout music. Boogie Wonderland. Oh boom, yeah. Boom 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 Boogie Wonderland. I, I would have, and this is off topic, but on topic, I kind of would have wished like the Roots would have been like the house band for the night. Ooh, that would have been so good. And they played all the songs. Like, cause the thing about the, the Isleys and Earth, Wind, and Fire was the musicality. Like, yes. they were yes. musicians. Yes. And I would have loved, I think his name was Verdine, the uh, bass player from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm. With the, press. With, the with the silky, silky, silky press and, and the it's bundles. Still silky. That thing is silky. <laughs> I'd love to see him play the bass. Um, and I think we were robbed of that moment because um, Isley, uh, was it Ernie? Is that his name? Mm, Ernie. <laughs> Ernie. He, black man. Uh, black yeah, I bet names. you his name is Ernie, too. I bet you his name it's, is it's Ernest. It, it's Ernie. It, it's Ernest. I about to say, he's probably Ernie. It ain't even Ernest. Um, we got to see him play, but I would have loved to see Verdine from Verdine. Uh, Earth Wind. <laughs> Verdine from Earth, Wind, and Fire play the bass. Like there's like there's no person I love seeing play the bass. Um, maybe Bootsy, um, but I would have enjoyed that if like the Roots were the house band, and they would have uh and they would have just took turns singing the songs, um, while the Roots were just killing the actual music. That would have been dope. Question for you. Yeah, if you could see another classic versus which what what are you looking at? Uh. One that I would love and I would probably, you know, lose it would give me, and I don't know who he would go against or who they would go against, but give me a Gap Band versus, I think Charlie Wilson needs his flowers. Gap Band versus like the Commodores. 
Oh, that's because the Commodores and Lionel Richie. So that that matches because Lionel had a nice career. Charlie had a nice career. I think you're right. We need to. Uh, we need to. We need, we need to start, we need, we need we start, start writing down these things, bro. We do because we we say things and it just happens. That's because we have the Holy Ghost. We do. But you yeah. know who I want to see if we're gonna Ooh. go classics a little bit. You know, I guess not quite like seventies, but I want to see cameo. But Ooh. I don't know who they. I don't know who's the only right. person that matched their style wasn't another group. It was a person, and he's mm-hmm. deceased, and that's Rick James. I feel like they had similar styles in mm-hmm. terms of like music and stuff. But if you talk about like another group with because cameo gave cameo give us candy. Like I don't think y'all understand all the things cameo music. gave us. Right, cookout. Attack me with your love, baby. I'm living the single, single. That's a good one. Boom, boom, boom. Life. Boom. Yeah, yeah I mean, like cameo yeah. got the songs, um, but I don't know who they would go. That's my only thing. Who they would go against? Because uh, they were kind of in a in that era in a realm mm-hmm. of their own. So. But anyway, yeah, I think if you're gonna go Gap Band, I think the Commodores is the only other group, yeah, that can come with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that would work because you have again, you have two people who have end up having solo careers, mm-hmm. and they can include that into. Um, really, you can just really do a Charlie Wilson versus Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie, yeah, and then that, and they put in their their band music, and we will. I think we'll party all night. Hmm. We will. So um let's no let's let's go down a little bit. So um, um down in the valley where the girls get naked. That needs to come back already. We are so ready for season two. Jesus mm, Christ. I am. Um but some people need to be a little bit more careful while they're going down in the valley. ESPN mm-hmm. and Paul Pierce P-Valley. parted ways <laughs> because he was had a personal P Valley in his house. Um, he posted on IG of some strippers popping that thing on the floor while he was smoking what looked to be marijuana. Um, and after a four year relationship of being with the um, the media tycoon ESPN and sports mm-hmm. thing, you know, because this is Josh Rogers abbreviations here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they parted ways, Brian. What what are your thoughts about commentators specifically being held to standards for, you know, essentially living life? I mean, because how many men out here are going to strip clubs? Right, like I guess for me, and you from California, so all y'all smoke weed. Maybe not you. Let me not put that on you, <laughs> but you know, it's yeah. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a thing, and and, right. and it's legal in a lot of states. So. One, the weed shouldn't have been a thing. Unless, again, of course, let me sit here. Let me go both sides of the, of the fence. If he had, like, you know, work for ESPN, we know it's owned by Disney. So unless he, right, unless he had something in his contract that said you can't do X, Y, Z, um, like kind of like Marvel characters, sure. actors, they can't do certain things because they want to uphold a certain brand. So if, if he didn't have that in his contract, then there sh- he should have been able to do what he wanted to do. I don't think... If you look at basketball players and rappers, we've seen worse stuff on IG. Listen, Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I don't think he should have been fired. I think it could have been a thing like where it's like, you know, might not have been the best idea. We'll put you, we'll suspend you. Or you come up with a statement saying like, you know what? I shouldn't have put it on IG live. Um, I can agree with that. But other than that, like, you know, like, pop that coochie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
dollars (laughs) at? Oh man, no, I agree, and I and I just hate to see a brother lose his job. Me too. You know, you know, if I'm I'm just gonna be honest, in a whole pandemic. In a pandemic. Now, he probably doesn't, you know, need money like other folks need money in the middle of right. any press, but he still lost his job. So, you know, I guess prayers up to Paul Pierce. Um, we're going deeper down into the deeper down into the valley. Oh, we're oh, we going down. Yeah, we're going down. Lil Nas X has to officially stop selling these shoes. And, and, and these people who ordered these satanic sneakers will mm. not be receiving them um, a federal judge on uh, this past thursday sided with nike ordering a brooklyn company you know the brooklyn company mischief we talked about yep. it last week mm-hmm. to stop further sales of the satan shoes and produce in collaboration with little nas x um u.s district judge eric um Cole-Mitty in brooklyn ruled three days after nike sued mischief um claiming that the sneakers which carry the nike swoosh logo infringed upon this strange mark now uh, mischief lawyers argue that the Satan shoes were not typical sneakers, but rather individually numbered works of art following the company's Jesus shoes based on the same Nike model in 2019. So this mm-hmm. lets me know that Nike wasn't so much concerned about mischief doing what they were doing. Right. More than they, they did not want to be aligned with this whole what the, with the devil. supposed Satanist movement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Lil Nas X responded and said, because of weird folk on the internet, he can't <laughs> he can't sell his shoes. Um, so for all y'all who bought those thousand dollar tennis shoes, you know, I doubt any of you all listen to the podcast. Maybe some of mm-hmm. you do. Um, but I think that's a spe- I think that's a specific type of person. And I don't mm-hmm. think that all the people who bought those shoes were the people of color as no. much as you know we people of color do support Lil Nas X anyway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know it ain't happening so right. that is them I mean but think about it O'Brien Nike's legal team right did they really think yeah. they was gonna come against Nike's nah, bro. legal team like nah. yeah no all right lastly um you know let this is the last story in the billboard, but also the official moment of Josh Rogers athletic abbreviations. Okay. Um, the MLB. Let, let me ask you this, because I'm going to be vulnerable for a moment. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind. I just figured it out in my brain. Okay. What are we going to say? I'm going to ask you what does MLB stand for, but it's Major oh. League Baseball. <laughs> Major League Baseball. I was okay. like, I was thinking in my head like national. That's an N. I was going to. Anyway, um, act like I got it. it. Major League Baseball pulls his all-star game out of Atlanta um, after Georgia, the racist colonizing governor, Brian Kemp, signed into law this um, voter suppression bill. Mm -hmm. Um, So the 2021 MLB draft, which is a new addition to the all-star game festivities Mm -hmm. this particular year, will also be relocated. And in a statement, the MLB commissioner, Rob Manfred, said that the league is finalizing a new host city and mm-hmm. details about these events will be announced shortly uh, mm-hmm. a source told espn that the 2020 all-star game is still playing for dodger stadium in la shout out to california again right oh, yeah california uh, love and that that site won't be moved up to fill the void this summer. Um, they also said that over the last week, they've engaged in thoughtful conversation with clubs, um, former and current player, the player associations and the player Alliance, among others to listen to their views. Manfred said in his statement, and he said that he decided the best way to demonstrate their values as a sport is reloc- relocating this year's all-star game, all-star game, Jesus Christ and MLB. Draft. Um, I, I I actually like it only because I mm-hmm. understand that a lot of times, um, 
things aren't responded to in the way that they could be until the economy of it is affected. Right. And taking all of that money away and, 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 and a big, a big, um, you know, go down to Hades to the Atlanta Braves for mm-hmm. putting out a statement basically saying y'all should have never moved it, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Like, no, you should be standing in solidarity. All these, all of these Negroes that live in Atlanta, right? You mm-hmm. all should be the one. And like Hank Aaron is your like most decorated and beloved player. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you be standing in solidarity to push something that furthers the movement of social justice? Yep. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and I understand that this could be looked at as performative, but I also understand that when you like, when you impact people's pockets, that's when they listen. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And and I and I and not to say that moving this is going to change the law today, but I think if other organizations follow suit, then the state of Georgia is going to have to really take a hard look at what it's doing. Uh-huh. Um and at least give it some consideration until we can get Brian Kemp out of office and yes, put, you know, maybe our superhero Stacey Abrams there yep. or whatever else happens. Brian, you got any immediate thoughts about the moving it? Um I'm glad they moved it because yeah. again like once you mess with people's money and then you kind of get their attention. Yeah. Oh, the interesting thing is, uh, um, uh, Reverend Warnock or Senator Warnock and Stacey Abrams, they said they didn't want the All Star Game to be moved because they understood that it would put, could have potentially affect Georgia. And they all, of course, they want Georgia to be front and center. Uh, but they also understood the importance of you know taking a stand. And it was really the corporations who said, you know what, we need to do better. So like Delta and. Uh, some other corporations pretty much wanted to stand on their, their principles, which I like. Um, I think the sad part is you got folks um, like Mitch McConnell who are sitting there saying, like, corporations needed to stay out of this, but keep giving me your money, but I need to stay out of this. Like, yeah. nah, like, you, y'all, y'all, you know, quick political science lesson. Um, the Republicans are the ones who, uh, I guess, sued to allow corporations to be able to give way more money in terms of donations. So y'all want their donations, but y'all don't want their voices. Uh, and y'all are upset about that. So I think it was a great idea, bright idea. Of course, I don't, you know, want, you know, George, I like, you know, since I live in Georgia, I want Georgia to be front and center. But uh, again, this is Atlanta, Martin Luther King, John Lewis. We are a city that, you know, stands on the forefront of things in terms of civil rights. So I think the Braves should have been on the forefront, but um, they weren't. But you know, it's, you know, what can we do? What can we do other than keep being black, beautiful, and excellent? That's what we're gonna That's keep we doing, do. and keep making sure that we fight for the rights of people who look like us. Um, Brian, are you ready to go to the living room? I'm a little hesitant of going over there today. Oh, it's gonna be deep. We're gonna be on the couch, but you we're know, be on the couch. Yeah, I'm. I'm I got. I'm gonna take my shoes off. My feet are clean and mm-hmm. oiled, so I'm about to take my shoes off. Um, and I need to bring a bottle just to, to the living room this time. Yeah. So let's let's head on over there and oh, let's well. have this conversation. Let's do it. What's good, family? We are here yes, um, in the living room. And yeah, if you've kind of heard us you know, get ready for this conversation and you understand mm-hmm. that we might be, well, let me, let me just dive into it. So Brian and I were talking about a week or so ago yep. and I was like, Hey bro, 
you know, I think one of the beautiful things about our show mm-hmm. is that we always talk about self-care, black men's yep. self-care, I'm a brother's mm-hmm. keeper and being accountable. But how about we take it another further okay. and really be vulnerable and, you know, kind of talk through some of the ways in which we've grown and how mm-hmm. we've developed and owning our journey. Right, right. And um, so what we decided to do was write a letter to our mm-hmm. childhood selves. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, and I don't know about you, Brian, but for me, mm-hmm. it sparked some emotion and some Definitely. feelings and mm-hmm. some all of the things. So oh, yeah. um, you have your letter written and ready? I do. I actually have it right here. Um, it's not written, and it's actually in my phone. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's in written. my notes too. So you know, yeah. don't 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 yeah, don't don't feel ashamed. So you want to go first, or you, you know what? I'm gonna let you go first. Yeah, cause I'm feeling that you might you know go super deep because you're a great writer. Uh, um, I don't know about all that. I just know that <laughs> I'm gonna let you go first. So go all ahead. Right. So <laughs> a little bit of context. I wrote this too, like my middle school self. So here it goes. Um, and this is me talking. So if you're reading this letter, be encouraged that you survived. You may not understand everything that you're going through right now, but understand that it will make sense. And life is dope. You have a great life currently, great family, great house, great car, great money, all the stuff that you really wanted, you actually have. About the moment you're reading this, you're sitting there saying, you know what? I'm going to middle school. Um, My pop just moved away. I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. I'm not familiar. You're not familiar with your environment. You don't see anyone that actually looks like you. You're not a Pomona anymore, um, but you can use this to your advantage. Take this opportunity to find out who you are. Don't succumb to peer pressure. Uh, stay out of trouble. Mind your manners because relationship building would be important in the end. The biggest thing I want to let you know about is holding on to your faith, but seek God. The true God, not the one that people created who is not really God, but is really you trying to police yourself. Live life to the fullest. Experience life to the fullest. Use um what is that? You're used to sitting in your room alone, wondering if you're enough, wondering if you're adequate, wondering why you're in this situation, wondering why your parents aren't together, wondering why you feel like you just want to give up on life. But you are enough. You are worthy. You are more than adequate. You're more than enough. I'm gonna leave you with this and by saying, face your fears. The irony of it all is that your greatest fear is facing your fears, fears of rejection, fears of faults and exposing flaws. Fear of imperfection and missing the mark, fear of judgment, fear of failing, excuse me, fear of falling and not having someone to hold you and pick you up, fear of failure. Your fears are only an excuse to uh, to not try and to dream big and excel and succeed in life. Your fear will hold your fear will hold you back from great opportunities and relationships. Fear will make you miss out on great life experiences. So F fear, um, fight it. Forgive folks and attack fear with all your might. Again, be honest with who you are. Know what you are capable of doing. Life on the other side will be great. You may not understand it now, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, whatever you do, do not give up. Sincerely, Brian. Oh, that was, that was good, bro. Oh, bless you, sir. That was good. So, I mean, so take, walk me through. You want me to read mine first before we dissect them, or how do you like? Uh, whew, read yours first, and then we can <clears throat> dissect we, them. Okay, okay, okay. Whew. All I right. Don't know if, I don't know if I want to read this out loud. Jesus, you gonna Christ. cry? Are you gonna cry? I don't know. I I felt tears bubbling when I wrote it. So reading, okay. actually saying it, may take me there. <clears throat> okay. So okay, 
Dear Josh. Okay. You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I know everyone around you doesn't understand how hard life seems for you right now. Mm-hmm. You're skinny, you're awkward, and you're hella smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but most folks are just intimidated by all of that. Mm-hmm. When you get to the place that you're in right now, being slim, being slim, authentic, and astute are vibes. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Oh, yeah. um, you shouldn't worry so much about what people think of you. Most of them won't be around in the future anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. And not to sound elitist, what they are admiring now won't even matter at this stage of life. And they right. won't be in the same, in some of the places you're in mm-hmm. uh, or been where you've been. But don't be right. a butthole. You're not better <laughs> than them. Mm-hmm. But you know, life choices. They right. made theirs and you will make yours. Right. Real love is coming, Josh. You will have intimate and platonic spaces that fuel you. You won't have to worry if these relationships are real or not. I know mm. part of your young struggle was really trying to determine who you could trust and be vulnerable with. If we're honest, some of that will still exist and you'll make some massive mistakes with giving your history to the wrong folks. But you will also find community and spaces that will heal and reconcile you. It sucks right now, but it gets better and interesting, but definitely, definitely better. I just want to say this. I love you, kid. Who you are now at this stage and the things you're doing have all played into the very things that grown Josh is doing today. Dude, you're a freaking podcast host. Mm-hmm. You have a beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. You have two little no limit soldiers that you adore and who adore <laughs> you. Stand strong, kid. Keep exploring. Keep being you. Don't ever stop dreaming. Those dreams and thoughts are going to manifest in ways you may never thought that they would have, but it's going to be so dope when it finally happens. Mm. I love you. I love you. Mm. I love you. Mm. Growing up, I needed to say that three times to you, Josh, because growing up, we didn't tell ourselves that enough. Oftentimes, we looked in the mirror and didn't see a person that we really, really loved. So I want to tell you that I really, really love you. Hmm. So I want to reach back and tell you one more time that I love you, Josh. Until next time, be easy, kid. Oh, wow. That was really good. The I love you part was what, what, what was the that was the, that was the one I would have sent me to, the, you know, to the places. So as I, as I process everything that I just... Gave the people all of their vulnerability on, on the mm-hmm. air. <laughs> Take me through um, for you, like how did you come up with writing to your middle school self? What was going on? Through oh, your mind? all the things. Middle school self, ninety six. I think was one of my favorite years in life. Okay. Um, I feel like I just became an individual, but that was like the same year, ninety six to ninety seven. I want to say, mm-hmm. like, um, like then my dad moved away. Okay. Like from California to Alabama, and then we moved from Pomona to a whole nother city. Like, uh, uh, I think the city was Ontario. I th- oh, we lived in, we moved to Upland, um, but I went to school in Ontario. So it was really like a crazy time of transition of being in the neighborhood I'm used to growing up in, being a- around a predominantly, you know, black folks, yeah. and then going to a completely different city, um, that just wasn't familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, my dad moved away to a whole nother state. So we pretty much lost contact. So it was just weird time of just transition. 
Um, and I think at that point, you know, like life got off track a little bit, yeah. I want to say, because all the elementary school, I was like the stellar student, you know, mm-hmm. killing it. And then I get to middle school, I'm in a completely different environment. There's, you know, I, I've met some black kids, but it was still just a weird space to be in. Yeah. Um, life happens is changing. So I kind of just went off of the, the beaten path. Um, so I think that's kind of where life shifted for me. Mm-hmm. So I would have loved to kind of speak to that person and be like, bruh, like you're, you're straight. Things are changing, but you're good. So that's why I chose that, that time period. Cause it was just a, a shift in my life. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. So for me, I think I was talking to, I want to say 14, 15 year old Josh, mm-hmm. um, early high school, in pursuit of a lot of great things, already thinking about college, already thinking about mm-hmm. next steps, but also finding myself and dealing with this duality of being. So I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. and this is, this is not shade, but this is like real. Cause you are a few years older than me. So there's that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like 13 and 16, we're only yeah. me and you only what three years apart, four years apart, four we're four years, years apart. Years apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, Imagine twelve and sixteen. Like that's not a lot right. of. Like right now, we're we don't we're pe- we're we've always been peers, but right, right now we're just brothers. Twelve right. and sixteen, we would have been in two totally different spaces in life. Oh right? yeah. Definitely. So I'm gonna say this. I don't know if you watch Even Stevens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Even Channel. Yep. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. but I did. And if you know Even Stevens, right? Yep. She was like the smart, you know, yep. um, super mm-hmm. like uh, U.S. government, but she was also ridiculously popular. Right. I right. was that. In a mm-hmm. black, in a black, I mean, Hillcrest was black, mm-hmm. black, <laughs> urban, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, school. But in the midst of all of that, I was still really popular, real, really well respected. Like I had my AP classes, but I went, mm-hmm. to, I dated the captain of the cheerleading squad. And okay. I sat at the popular kids table and I had mm-hmm. the drug dealers with my friends, the football players with my friends. Right. I was in marching band. Like, I was like this, these multiple layers of who I, of who I was. But 15 uh-huh. year old Josh didn't really understand how. We could be cool in school, but y'all didn't want to kick it with me. And it wasn't until I was older and I talked to one of my my high school teachers I used to visit mm-hmm. every summer. And she was like, Josh, they respected the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. She was like, some stuff they didn't, they weren't going to do around you. You're just like, we're not doing that in front of Josh. Right. Um, so like they loved you, but I didn't process that, right? Because you know, you're going through your emotions and your hormones right. and all these other type of things. So for me, it was a lot of who can I trust? Who can be my friends? Mm-hmm. Um, some of the friends that I grew up with, my childhood best friend, we started to grow apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I developed one of my very closest friends who um, at the time, well, not at the time, but at that time, she's a woman. So that mm-hmm. was different navigating what that relationship looked like. And okay. um, so I decided to write to that age, Josh, because it was at, about 14, 15, mm-hmm. when I really started to really question who I was, my value, um, my worth. Why here's the here's the here's the thing, Brian. Questioning mm-hmm. all of that while still trying to I think I was trying to prove to myself mm-hmm. what I didn't see in myself. Okay. Okay. So while I was smart, it was like I gotta I gotta be validatory. And I ended up right. validatory, but I gotta be this thing because this gives me identity. Mm. Um, I have to be like my nickname senior year was Mr. Presidential because I was president of the senior class 
I was VP of the student council. I was president of the leadership team, president of National Honor Society, vice president mm-hmm. of DECA. Like, I was literally president or vice president of like six organizations in the same year. <laughs> wow. wow. Um, but I did all of that because like, I'm Josh, I can do mm-hmm. it. And right. I'm going to show you how amazing I am and not mm-hmm. realize that I was overcompensating for a void that I had in myself. Mm. So I wanted to talk to that kid and say, like at the end, dude, I like, I just love you. Right. And right. I don't know that I loved myself in the ways that I should have loved myself. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was that young and I feel like if I valued myself kind of the right. way that I value myself now, mm-hmm. that I would have navigated life a lot differently. One thing that I, one of the things that I navigated in therapy in the very beginning was that I associated my love with my work and my worth. Uh huh. I felt like I had to work for love. Um, and even like when I brought home my report card, it was like, it was more than mom and dad be proud of me. It was like, mm-hmm. I made all A's love me. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And not understanding that their love was really unconditional. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they were hard on me for school, I don't think a bad grade would have de- devalued me in their eyes, but I couldn't see past that. Right, right. If I wasn't excellent, I wasn't loved. Right. And so I wanted to tell, like, that Josh, like, ain't nothing wrong with wanting to be excellent and do mm-hmm. everything well. Mm-hmm. But you're so much more than what your transcript says. You're right. so much more than what this little high school resume has to say about mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. You're so much more than all these organizations and clubs that you forced yourself into. And maybe that's why I still do a million things today, right? right? Because there's, <laughs> there's something that I just, you know, is, it carried okay. over. But um, it, that was a really critical time in my life. And then even in high school, I had one girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I had a, I, you know, I had a high school sweetheart. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, I love my wife, but I had a high mm-hmm. school sweetheart. She was right. what she was to me, right? Mm-hmm. And then during that time in my life, and so navigating her, and mm-hmm. not to say that she, like, what we had wasn't real little puppy love, but like, right. there were times where I didn't trust. I'm like, what you want with me? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> as oftentimes I masked arrogance for compensating for what I didn't really see. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I got her so clearly I got to be something, right? Right. Um, but not knowing that, well, what we had in high school was what it was. It was cool. But not understanding that, you know what I'm saying? I, I probably could have dated several other women mm-hmm. um, if I wanted to, but I didn't right. see the worth in it. I got with this one. Mm-hmm. We had what we had. Uh-huh. And um, I latched on to it. And then when it ended, sec- first semester, senior year, Mm-hmm. And we were still voting cutest couple, so they end up being in, end up being in the yearbook after we broke up. Whole other story for <laughs> another day. But like, you know, but all that stuff played in my mind, and I'm just and anyway. It, but it was at that critical age. I think we started dating in the freshman year, beginning of sophomore year. So a lot of stuff happened like at right. 15, um, and I really started to kind of. I was just a different kid. I really started thinking about college. I really started mm-hmm. thinking about my major and what was next right. and. All these different types of things. And I was so in the clouds and so questioning everything and so doubting everything about me that I don't know that I took the time to really live mm-hmm. as the 15-year-old should have. Yeah. And not and don't add the dogmatic nature of growing up Kojic as a 15-year-old. Oh, bro. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that added, you know, it was just, whew, it was a time. But mm-hmm. what did you learn, I guess, stepping back and writing to little Brian? Um, 
I don't know if I necessarily I learned. I think okay. the fact of, I think doing that. I think I've been just the the, the life I've been living. I'm I, I'm super grateful to how I ended up. Okay. Um, because I could have, you know, I veered off for a little bit, and during that time, like middle school, I was just angry. Like I was like super angry, angry at life, angry at the world, angry at you know the situation where I was in. Um, angry that I'm now in a different environment to where, say, I'm in Pomona at one point, and most of the folks we may have not had money, but it didn't feel like it. But now I'm in a more like um, affluent neighborhood that I live in in the city of Upland, and I feel like now I'm feeling like inadequate, and then I'm feeling like abandoned and all kind of stuff. So, um, I think, and I think we had this we had this conversation this week we did in our group chat, mm-hmm. and we were just talking about like how blessed we are and you know looking back at my um if if I, if I were to if my if my person if I the me of my middle school days were to see Brian age 35 going on 36 I think he'd be like oh snap like yeah. you made it like you have like the life and I really wake up every morning and I'm like man like god thank you because I have the life I always wanted. I have a beautiful wife. I have a daughter. Um, I have a nice house. Got the nice car. I got all those cool things that I'm like, the younger self would have been like, man, that's dope. Um, so I guess to answer your question, as far as something that I learned during this, I really just learned the importance of, not really learning, but I'm probably remembering the importance of looking back on um, survival. Mm-hmm. Um because it could have gone another way. I could have stayed angry. I could have stayed upset. Um, but then also the gratitude on development. Like, you know, I wasn't the, the most, I was social, but I was antisocial. I was angry. Um, I had so many different mood swings. I remember when I was like younger, I used to I do crazy stuff. I used to like sleep in the closet because I just wanted darkness around me. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. depression was like a real thing, even though, I, you know, and at that time, I don't think people even understood what it was. Yeah. Um, because I just wanted to be in a space by myself. I was depressed. I was angry. I was fighting. The mood swings were just out of control. Um, so I look at that. I think the gratitude of it all is just amazing to me. Um, so I think that's, I, I guess that that's pretty much the main thing I would say I, I've learned uh, is really or appreciate is just the level of growth that I've experienced over, over the years. No, that's really good. Um, I would say similar in terms of like seeing the growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can remember times where I did crazy stuff, attention mm-hmm. seeking right. and did it in the wrong ways. Because again, mm-hmm. like I think part of my issue was I didn't feel valued. So, right. and what's so ironic that I did so many things that got me attention mm-hmm. and it just wasn't enough. Cause I, mm. I want, I was seeking, I think validation mm-hmm. is the word. And like 31, oh Lord, I'll be 32 this year. Help me. Holy ghost. 32 you, year old Josh, um, <laughs> almost 32 year old. Cause I'm not 32, but almost 32 year old Josh is like, man, I don't need you to validate me. I know who I am, mm-hmm. you know, and not to sound churchy. I know whose I am. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a, a beauty in walking in that truth mm-hmm. and understanding um, uh, the glory of myself through Jesus Christ, if that makes mm. any sense, right? Mm. Um, 
he's equipped me. God has equipped me and strengthened me and given me these things. And, you know, I think that's why Hebrews tells us, you know, not to get deep. Hebrews 10 and 35 specifically tells us to, you know, forsake not your confidence because it has great recompense for reward. But I think so many times before we can get to the space of not forsaking it, we have to first embrace it and, and balance that with not being, arrogant and i know for me even to this day i'm still really hard on myself oh yeah you know i'll listen to certain <clears throat> things that i say and be like oh josh you sound crazy you could have did that mm-hmm. i'll read certain things that i've written mm-hmm. and you know figure out ways the ways in which you know i could you know could have produced that better um i'll see how i've responded in friendships and kind of mm-hmm. analyze how i can be a better friend and why i haven't been a better friend and you know, all these kind of things. I'm really hard on myself in every area of my life, even to mm-hmm. this day. Yep. Um, but more so as a teenager, I was really, really hard on myself because I just did not think that it was so crazy. As many achievements as I had, none of it was enough. I and um, I think today I've learned to, and I think, ooh, you know, <laughs> reflecting, that's probably why I don't celebrate my birthday. Mm. like that because it's like for what you know i mean i'm alive thank god right. for it, you know but i want I, I think i'm slowly getting to the place to where you know like graduations and milestones and birthdays and things like that deserve to be celebrated and um i don't ever want to miss the opportunity to Right. To live. I'm working mm-hmm. so hard that I missed this the space to live. Right. Um, right. And I think 15-year-old, 16-year-old Josh did again. Like I said, did not. I had a great high school experience, don't get me wrong. Right. right. But I do think that there are ways, ways that I could have experienced and lived that out. Like senior skip day, I ain't do that. Mm. Right. I'm like, I'm your senior class president. I can't do that. <laughs> you know, and, and, and not to say that it was something that we should have done, but just you know, nobody got caught. My girlfriend right. went, you know, and all those different types of things, right? So it was right. just like, you know, living. That mm-hmm. I think there were some things that I just missed out on that I didn't do, um, mischievous or not. And I'm in a space now where I think that Josh will love the fact that I live in the moment sometimes. Yeah. I just yeah. like, even on this podcast, you know, like y'all may think it's funny, but busting out singing is a pocket of joy for me. Like there's a level right, of right. confidence that comes with that, right? I wouldn't mm-hmm. have done that. 15, mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Right. You know, 12, 13 year old job, bust out singing somewhere. No, embarrassed. And while that may be a song bubbling in my spirit, it wouldn't have come out. And just <laughs> Al Green. Right. Just a <laughs> right. And even and like and 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 if we're gonna take it another further, even doing that semantic solo, the level of confidence, like, bro, I when Jessica sent me that, every memory about that moment came back. And bro, the level of of nervousness that I had because <laughs> the way that our church is set up when we would do uh, like uh, Wednesday night service, it would always be like, we're going to have a solo by this person. Like my mom would do the announcements. So it, like I would have been, I was prepped. So I knew it was coming. So in that moment, I'm sitting there thinking what I'm going to sing, what I'm going to do. And bro, in my mind, I said, you know what? This is my song. I'm a singer. I don't care who like it, you know. But but I wish young Josh had more of those. The Lord make a way somehow moments, right? Um, because those were the moments where I didn't care. I I liked it. Y'all probably looked at me crazy, but it was what it was. And Jessica even texted me was like, "Yeah, that was crazy." Like, but bro, you actually 
did really good. See, <laughs> like you actually <laughs> did really good, you know. And that's my sister, but also my sisters will also tell me you did terrible. So, like, right. <laughs> you know, I actually, you know, appreciate that. But like, that's that speaks to young Josh, and I right. think today. Even I think the Josh that you know, Brian, the one who is kind of out front and out loud, that's years in the making. The one who, right. you know, <laughs> I'll tell this story, was at, you know, your wife's birthday party, you know, and had a lot of fun with a pixie oh, stick, right? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> but not caring, you know what I'm saying? Right. Not really caring and living in the moment and being embraced by the moment. I think there was so, there's so much love and freedom and liberation. Mm-hmm. Thank oh, you, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Um, in the space that I'm in now that mm-hmm. I think young Josh was so appreciated. Like if I knew I was getting to that spot, mm-hmm. the things I would do differently, you know? Right. 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 And, and I kind of like that. I think there's a kind of like a, a, a central theme. Uh, I think we've had both of our letters was really, I think I kind of said something about living life to the fullest. Um, and like faith being a, a, a kind of, um, a thing that was important. Yeah. Um, the fear of like sin was like, you know, on the forefront of my mind. Uh, so it kind of made me miss out on just life. And before I get to like my deepest far as, uh, part, as far as the fear is concerned, l- let's kind of pivot a little bit in terms of like living life to the fullest. Uh, so we're going to go forward and then we're going to go back a little bit. So in terms of just living life to the fullest, what are some things right now that you feel like, um, and especially after this last year that we had, Mm-hmm. Um, that you feel like I gotta live life to the fullest. That's something I want to do that I probably never would have done. That I'm probably I want to do this year that I probably never would have done years past or never would have thought about doing. Um, I think the fact that we're sitting here doing this is one of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know that people know, and they don't need to know all the behind the scenes, but the right the shots that we shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, in oh, terms yeah. of pushing the podcast, yep. Um, just the, I mean, just the commitment with it. And I think I would be lying if I say that I don't get frustrated with it sometimes. That mm-hmm. um, sometimes I don't feel like doing it, all that right, other kind right. of stuff. But I do think like like doing this is not only a pocket of joy, but it is also living out loud. Right, it is right. my ability to be me without any pretense and not to mm-hmm. say that I don't live authentically. Cause I do. Right. Right. right, right. But I have very, like I am man wildly presenting as Josh. Mm-hmm. Right. The black, um, mm-hmm. not typical society driven, masculine, whatever, you know, I am he who, you know, like Josh athletic abbreviations is a play right, on right. my ability to not, or not my ability, but, um, my lack of interest in sports, right? Um, <laughs> um, I think that's that's a major thing. So if you're talking mm-hmm. about just, whoo, in terms of, I guess, living out loud, bro, it's just living in the authenticity of who I am and not mm-hmm. being ashamed of what young Josh experienced to be who he is today. Right, right, right. I think that's like owning that. And and also being careful with who, with with who I give that to. I think Mm -hmm. that's important, too. So while I'm not ashamed of any parts of my story, Mm -hmm. I'm also aware that everybody can handle that. Right. So being very critical about who I give my. Ooh, I'm going to say it this way. I am very careful about who I give my love to. Mm. Um, And it doesn't say that I don't love everybody, but it is to say that if 
this part of me is a part of my love, mm-hmm. then I can't I can't handle it trifly because do you deserve that part of me? Right. right. Um, so living out loud is being able to discern the difference in who deserves me mm-hmm. versus who deserves facets of me. Right, right. So I don't know yeah, if that answered your that's... question or not. It already did. And even going to the fact that I've already talked about it's the same thing as far as things that I probably, I never would have done this like back in the day. Um, I think and even Chris, our, our good friend, I, oh, I shout out kind of regularly. Like he knows, he knows us prior to, or like he knows you early college years. He knows me, you know, early 2000s. So t- even 10 years ago, Brian probably never would have done a podcast or never would have put myself out there. Never would have shot the shots that we shot, you know, trying to, build the podcast and put myself out there and building relationships and stuff like that. So that's something that I never would have done. And I can see myself doing in the future, really just putting myself out there, you know, being vulnerable in certain places um, and like kind of just dealing with the fear, right? Yeah. Fear of rejection. And that's one of the yeah. main things I kind of talked about in my letter was like, you know, I'm, and we talk about this all the time. is just like, just like living in fear. Um, and the craziest thing is I think that and I said in the letter, the irony of it all is that, like facing my fears is like my greatest fear, like addressing the things that I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to do it um, because I feel like I'm going to fail at even addressing my fears. So I usually stay in these boxes and these spaces of like, oh, I don't want to do it because I feel like, you know, if I do it, I may fail. And then I never end up doing it and it doesn't yeah. end up being anything. Yeah. So in, in being on this podcast is something that, you know, is even like a fear. Like I'm putting myself out there to the world. And even this episode, if anything, is we're putting out the vulnerabilities of it all. Jesus Christ. And let people know who we are. <laughs> right. And yeah. think about that. And who we are. And even just on the podcast in general, like, you know, if you look at the, listen to the first few episodes I was on here, I was a little more reserved, a little more timid in terms of like, as far as presenting and exposing who am I, who I am. Um, but yeah, like now this is really a pocket of joy, but it's also a place of growth a place of opportunity. And, and I think going forward, if I were to say what I'm going to do, like fear is always going to be there. I think you talked about, you know, uh, on social media, um, today about like doing things scared and doing things without mm-hmm. the absence of fear. Like, it's okay, but you're going to be afraid, but you're going to prepare for whatever you're doing. Um, so that's my approach. I may be afraid, but I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to execute it based off of my preparation and if I prepare and I don't get the result that I think I I, I want, mm-hmm. it's still not a loss. It's just an area of growth and an area of um, redevelopment or, or, or area of um, that I can just find myself just doing better the next time. So that is, I guess, my my place in, in that as far as that fear fear point. So let me ask you this, and we can we can wrap up after this, but I think this is going to take us to a place. Okay. If you could go to a therapy session with you and middle school Brian, mm-hmm. what does that look like? What does that conversation in person look like? Uh, it's and, – and am I talking or are we just both on the couch? You're both on the couch, but you're, you're processing with each other. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing that we will process would be the word would be like rejection. Okay. Um, and that is like fear. That's a, that's a fear, right? It's a fear. And mind you, like, this is my, my dad moved away 
at this point, right? Middle school self, my dad moves away. So that's rejection in, in terms of that, that mindset at that time. Mm-hmm. I'm living in a completely different city. So like I'm moving with people in the fear of rejection and meeting new people. Yeah. Um, but whereas now is like there's think of all the opportunities I think about from middle school until now where I did not or I operated in a fear of like rejection where there were opportunities I pretty much could have missed out on because I didn't want to build relationships or maybe I was afraid of building relationships because I felt like, you know, uh, inadequacy or I felt um, like you said, like as far as not being enough or people knowing who I really am and being like, oh, this dude's corny. You know, let's just not deal with him. Sure. But like now, like Brian 2021, like it, we talk about this all the time. Like I know I'm dope. Like I have a great life. I think I, I won the lottery. Um, I'm not afraid of, of being being me. So I think it would be the processing of the fear. It's, and there's two areas of fear, of course. Sure. But it's not the fear that I used to have. It's just fear in other other areas um, that I may operate in. What about you? Ooh, if we sat down together, I think we would probably almost, I think he would want to fight me. Mm. If I'm going to be honest, because I think the biggest question is, um, and forgive me, mom, if you're listening, but I think he would ask me what took so goddamn long. Mm. Um, And I think that's just a real question of, I went through all of this for you to have this beauty. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But why did I have to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why did mm-hmm. I have to question so many things? Why did I have to right, journey right. by myself? Why couldn't I trust in ways that you found to trust now? And I think as the therapist is holding him back from from punching me in the face, <laughs> uh, I would be explaining. But it took you to get me here. And without you, I wouldn't be. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? If you didn't go through that journey of feeling worthless sometimes. If you mm-hmm. didn't go through the journey of bringing home all A's and then getting in the bed and being like, and that's still not enough, mm-hmm. I don't know that Josh could end a day content right now. I just, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So while it may have sucked for you, you it's almost like our ancestors mm-hmm. for us. If right. you didn't go through, bro, Right. I wouldn't like 31 year old Josh wouldn't be thriving. Right, right, right. Um, like 31 year old Josh has three freaking degrees. Right. <laughs> 31 mm-hmm. year old Josh um is I was gonna wait till the announcements is a staff writer for a major media publication, right? Right. 31 year old Josh is, you know, has started platforms and done all these different types of things and navigated spaces because of your struggle. Right. So I think we would we would be as you know, and I don't quote tip often, but we would be at odds with each other that first 30 minutes and that last 30. I think we would be trying to reconcile what that middle ground is for us and how we both need each other. Yeah. So one of my biggest things that I'm trying to do is and I know I can't control it, but I just want to make sure that. When my sons go to therapy, that it ain't because mm-hmm. of me. Yep. <laughs> well, I say that all the time. I want them to go to therapy because I think we all need right. a couch at some point. But I don't want it. I, and and discuss me if you need to because I probably right. wasn't the perfect father. Right? right. I know I wasn't. Especially with right. Josh. I'm a young dad. I was a young dad. I was 22. Mm-hmm. 21 when he was born. Wow. Um, 
Um, so I know I made some mistakes, but I'm living a life of trying to be healed and whole mm-hmm. so that my sons won't ever ask the same question to older me and say, what took so dang on long? Right. Um, so yeah, I know. I, I, and, and, you know, puzzle pieces. I know this is very different than what you're used to from <laughs> right. us. Right. We don't just making jokes all the time. Oh, why did I even suggest this, Brian? You should have stopped <laughs> it. Well, it was a great conversation, though. It was, it yeah, was a great, you know, time of. Good. And and I think uh, I would even just uh, let's do it for call to action, right? At this point, there's people out there who there are listening. We do have listeners, so um, I would probably encourage you to do that. Do that, like write it write a letter your to yourself yeah. um to a person or a time in a space um where things may have shifted or that person may have needed encouragement or you yeah. may have had a life situation say your parent passed away like write a letter to that 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 moment in your life write a letter to uh, you may have moved away or something um or a, a rough time in your life like uh say write a letter to yourself and then kind of process that talk about it um send us a letter you know, um, ask the jigsaw, send something to us. Yeah, let us know. We would love to do that. You know, um, yeah. And even if you're not comfortable sharing the letter, mm-hmm. you can share with us the ways in which how writing right. the letter changed you. Right, right, right. And we would love to hear. Like for real, yeah. write it to us. I promise you. If even if we do know you, we're not judging you. I promise you. You know, we we're not bound by law to have these non disclosures and stuff like that. But we we would right. never dishonor your trust and share Definitely. who you are and your name and things like that associated right. with anything. So mm-hmm. if you feel like you want to share in some, you know, in that version of kind of I am my brother's keeper, um, then do that. Uh, Brian, I actually think maybe we can skip I am my brother's keeper today because we've we've unloaded a lot. We did. Unless you want to go into something, but I feel like we've done some nah, self care. We've I, I done think some we reflecting. Did that. I think we did that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we did some self reflection. I think it was it was therapeutic. I think it was uh, something that we we needed, and we can go into. So I'm, I'm excited. Can I do this so. though? What? Can I affirm you? Can I just say okay. that um, that I think I will say I met you freshman year mm-hmm. in the in mm-hmm. the green Pontiac. Oh yeah, the one that it's almost small. gave me uh, lung cancer. It was you already had asthma, so I was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, man, I had a broke down car. I mean, I, I, was broke I, down, I've brother. seen Brian come up. You hear me? Listen, um, listen. Levels on level. Levels on, on level. I mean, man, God, we, we was ingesting all kind of fumes. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you pass any emissions emissions test in Georgia, Bruh. But you know, but on a serious note, I will say, like, I have been honored to have a front row seat to mm-hmm. what I've seen just from. Mm-hmm. August 2007, when we right, initially right. met. Um, for real, for real, met. Because I think we met at AIM. CJ introduced us. We did. But like, we, like, met, met yeah, when I got to yeah. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And um, up until today, you know, being, you know, the guy who just picked me up for church, mm-hmm. legit, you know, to mm-hmm. one of my closest, closest friends and brothers. Yeah. Um, and just seeing that growth, bro. And I will say that, um, you know, whatever rejection you felt, like mm-hmm. there's no need for you to continue to feel that. I think right, right. And I don't even think I know that you have done so much in life mm-hmm. so far um, that you need not question 
what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a beauty in your work ethic. I think there is a beauty in how you grind and take care of your family, mm-hmm. um, how you parent, how you husband, how you mm-hmm. all the things. And I just want you to know, you know, I don't know what it means, but I want you to know that I, you know, I'm proud of you as your brother. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely ways in which that I look to you, right, mm-hmm. for guidance mm-hmm. and um, and admire a lot of the things that you've done and accomplished and um, the examples you're setting. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. And while we're affirming. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say that we strip away everything that you do, every action writer, every slash, every hyphen that you have. Uh, Joshua Jamal, uh, <laughs> government <laughs> Rogers the first yeah. uh, is an amazing individual. Mm. Not not the things that you do, not the titles, none of that stuff. The person, the human being, is amazing, and I would uh, um, venture to say that it's uh, you're one of the greatest people I've, I've met in my life. I value our relationship, and even going through this process um, has brought us even closer together. So I do love you. I appreciate you. Josh, the person, Josh, the individual, nothing else as far as outside of that. Nothing you do, um, but just who you are as a person. So I love you and I appreciate you. Love you, brother. Yep. All right. Ooh, Usa. <laughs> Usa. God, help us all. Let's, Listen, let's go to um, the PO box. Let's go to the PO box. You're limp over there. God, help us all. <laughs> oh, God. PO box. Here we come. All right, we are here at the P.O. Box. Um, I just, you know, we had to just wipe our eyes uh, from all the weeping. And, you know. Why do you cry? <laughs> he has risen. Why are you weeping? He's not dead. Why do you cry? <laughs> Stop your weeping. Oh, oh, oh. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. Y'all know I sing opera, did you? Oh, oh, oh. You didn't know I sang opera, did you? You didn't know I sang opera? You didn't know I sang opera? Uh, Brian, get to the, uh, before Brian gets to reading the letter, Please know that every week that you can, you can submit your letter, your question, your mm-hmm. comment by sending it to askthegxr at gmail.com. And uh, we will read your letter out loud right here on the show. We'll be sure to give mm-hmm. you a synonym to keep you, uh, <laughs> to protect your identity of who you are. Right. We'll be happy to give you non-therapeutic, um, right. semi, you know, whatever wisdom we have, we'll give it to you. So again, you can send that to X. Um, mm-hmm. the gmail.com and we will possibly read your letter out loud. Brian? All right. We have a letter. Excuse me. We have a letter and it is, let's see, pronouns. She, her. Regine Hunter. Let's just go. Okay. Good one. Regine, Regine. My lips are chaps. I need some Vaseline. <laughs> That's a great episode. It's a great episode. Grand uh, Hill, right? Grand Hill. Josh Rogers, athletic abbreviations. Pistons, yes, right? Yes, sir. 
<laughs> Great episode. And then you said this. Um uh Queen Latifah's character was with Grant Hill, right? Mm-hmm. And she, she was stayed with the Sabalio dude on the final right. season. <laughs> she stayed with a man. Like she was pulling him. And I I love that. You know, we can talk about that another, but a, a nice um plus size woman. Yeah, she's that she, was she legit set a standard. Right. That was just pulling in. Like and she wasn't frumpy. She wasn't just She wasn't regime. She right. And regime had a, a hard time getting men. Yeah. Whereas um why am I forgetting her character's name? Um Khadija. Khadija, excuse me, Khadija. Khadija James. Um was just getting men left to right. That I, I love that. One more thing. So I was watching, remember how we talk about we don't know how they cousins? Mm-hmm. And we talk about maybe they would play cousins, but Sinclair last name was James too. Which means that the daddies had to be, it was just anyway, we won't get into to. that, but it, okay. the latter, the latter. <laughs> All right. So Regine Hunter is the the, the pronoun. Okay. It's the, um, it's the not person. pronoun, but it's the name, the person. All right, she says, Hey y'all. I hope my letter makes it to the P.O. box because we all know the P.O. the P.O. excuse me, the post office is ghetto. So my entire friend group just got vaccinated. Congrats. Josh and I, Josh has got a second dose already. Mm-hmm. We ready to I'll be getting my second next week. Yes. To these streets. <laughs> uh, uh, so our friend group got vaccinated and we immediately started planning a group trip. As in most cases, the conversation was strong and at, at the beginning. And to my surprise, the conversation has remained that way until now. There is one person that has a slower response time that is making it difficult to get certain activities planned. We are looking at early May, so we are trying to book reservations, etc. Now, because some places are not as open and are limited the amount of people at specific activities. I read that completely wrong. Um, but when I approached the person about their timelines, they quickly caught an attitude, suggested that they were <laughs> suggested that they are busy and uh, uh, do not always see the text. Um. I'm trying to think if I'm going to say this word or not. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going I'm, I'm to be me. I hate this B word. We'll say that. I hate to be this B word, but she is always on. I hate to be this female dog, right? <laughs> but she is always on the socials doing frivolous stuff, but can't find time to respond so we can finalize this trip. Here's the dilemma. We have an excursion that we all want to do and they will not take us all uh, would not take all of us on the same day or at least at the same time because of their social distance rules cool the compromise has been that half of us go at one time and the other half at another time she has not said what time she wants to go or her preference for an alternate activity when her time group uh, is not participating we need an answer like sooner than later because slots are filling up fast. I want to approach her, but if she gets snappy with me again, I cannot promise that I will have as much cooth. How would you handle this? How would you handle this person? Love y'all. Regine Hunter. As her mama say, Regina. Mm-hmm. Regina Hunter. <sighs> Le- like I wouldn't include them in the planning anymore. <laughs> I just wouldn't like, and we talked about living life to the fullest. And at this point, you offer the invitation and you say, you know what, we going. And if you want to go, you book your stuff, you do what you got to do. 
But the folks that are actively engaged in the conversations, actively engaged in the planning, actively engaged in the purchasing of tickets and doing all that kind of stuff need to be the ones that like, focus on those folks. Um, Josh, you've gone to on group trips. Mm-hmm. I've gone on group trips. And as black folks, we see memes and stuff like that all the time that we talk all this big game when it's time to actually go. Then, you know, people start scattering. And I do believe that after we've gone through this whole Panini Press, this Panasonic, this panoramic, that at this point, if it's time to go, just go. Like, and don't deal with what, you know, the people that are being slowful. Um, As a friend, I would come back and be like, hey, you know, I know you're busy or allegedly busy because we know some folks that say they're busy, but not really busy. Um, I would ask, you know, say, hey, we got to get this information sooner rather than later. So here goes the deadline. The deadline is let us know by what's today, Wednesday. So let us know by Friday. And either you're going or you're not. If you're not going, let us know by Friday. And if you don't give us an answer and do what you got to do by Friday, we're going to assume that you're not going. And that's that would be my thing. Like I, you know, when I get this second vaccine and we plan in group trips, it's gonna be like a hey y'all, I'm, this is where we going, and um, y'all can meet us there. If y'all don't want to go, you don't have to go. But I'm I'm gonna be there. I'm staying in these streets. No, I, I agree. I think I probably have a little less tact than you, which is typically why I am not the person to address these types of things in groups when we're playing trips. Because <laughs> my response would have been just like, listen, mm-hmm. we got to have all this stuff playing by Friday. If I don't hear from you by 5 p.m. today, I'm mm-hmm. assuming you're not coming. Right. And I'm, and I'm putting it in the group mm-hmm. so everybody can know that I said it. So when we buy <laughs> these tickets on Friday... You know what I'm saying? Now, you can go ahead and send your money Friday, but mm-hmm. I'm going to assume by Wednesday that you're right. not in the number. If I get your cash app, if I get your Zelle, if I get your PayPal, then I'm not going to mm-hmm. be a butthole and, and exclude right. you from it. But I'm going to move forward without you in it. From what it seems like is that your homegirl is down for the trip. It's just that as y'all are getting closer with details, mm-hmm. she's and some people do text slow. And respond mm-hmm. slow, but I again like this trip is in early May. That's tomorrow. You know right. what I'm saying? If these places are booking a reservations, I'm a let's just say you said an excursion. So I'm gonna say they was doing what's the ATV things? Ain't that what they call Brian? The, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, ATV. Yeah. Yep. So let's just say they're doing that. And let's just mm-hmm. say hypothetically it's a group of 10 of y'all. So you said half. So five of y'all going, five of y'all going. You know what I'm saying? I'm booking the trip now, I'm booking it for nine, right, five and right. four. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we can add you, but but sis, we not waiting. That's the thing. And then when I ask you, and that's the other thing too, I hate to be that person because I don't police people's social media. I'm one of the biggest proponents who says just because you see me on social, my my freedom does not equate to my availability. So just because right. I'm on social media don't mean I'm available. It means that I could be decompressing. Like I'm right here on the podcast right now. I can like a picture on Facebook. Because duality right. is a thing, right? Or I get a notification, mm-hmm. I can look at a DM, but that doesn't mean I'm available for a full-fledged conversation or whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. I am busy at this particular mm-hmm. moment. So I hate to be that person. But when but when you say somebody is frivolous, frivolously commenting and liking and stuff like that, then in that case, it is frustrating when mm-hmm. you could simply respond to this group text and be like, hey, I'm in. At least at this moment, I know I right, cool. It's 10 of us. You know what I'm saying? We doing the ATVs at 9 a.m. You want to do the 10 a.m. You know what I'm saying? So that way right. we can go get lunch while y'all doing y'all's or we can go do mm-hmm. zip lining. While y'all, you know what I'm saying? Or vice versa. I don't right. know. You know, I'm just going based on what you said. So 
I would just put it out there in the group, put some hard deadlines on stuff. Yep. And when she starts seeing everybody respond and sending in their money, and, and and you know, and this is what you do: make you the point, the point person to receive the money, mm-hmm. so that you can have a clear. So when you can pull them, see, I love pulling a receipt, so you can mm-hmm. pull the receipt, <laughs> right? And be like, I asked for everybody money by Wednesday. I told you I was doing it on Friday, so technically, you had until Friday and sis, you still didn't respond. Don't take out mm-hmm. the group message. Don't take out the mm-hmm. group because whenever mm-hmm. she decided to be like y'all did me wrong, you were in the group. Right. You saw all the mess. So if you if you turn your notifications off, that's your business. Yep. Um, so I think you've done everything that you could do at this point. I would not approach her individually again because you're right. You don't want to mm-hmm. destroy a friendship because somebody being snappy for whatever reason. And, and if sis having financial problems, then just I'd rather, Brian, I'd rather people tell me the truth mm-hmm. about their finances than to yep. play games and avoid me. You know what I'm saying? Because you right. never know. As a friend group member, you know what? We'll pay your portion of the hotel. Pay us back in a couple of weeks. You don't know right. what your friend group going to do. Right. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Or, or they could be like, catch you next trip. But at least be on. Don't have us out here waiting on you. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Especially with COVID because a lot of restaurants and I'm sure a lot of things have new restrictions. Mm-hmm. So it is critical. Like I haven't planned right. a major trip, but it is like, oh, yes, I have. Well, I'm going to Minnesota. Talk to y'all. Asha. We're going to a Nickelodeon theme park, an indoor theme park in Mall of America. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. had to reserve our time slot. That's one of their new COVID things. Wow. We're going at 1230. Like, mm-hmm. we can't go at any other time. We had right, to buy right. tickets at a specific time slot. So, mm-hmm. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I get it. So, I think you're doing the best that you can do. And best of luck with that. Group trips can be great, but they can be hassles. Trust. Yeah, the planning and process is, is terrible. Whew. Once you get there... Mm-hmm. It's usually very, 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 very dope. It is getting there. It is yep. getting there. Mm-hmm. That can be the issue. So, yep. Anything else you want to add to that, bro? Or you? Nah, I think we. I think we said enough. All right, cool. Let's go to the great conversation. Let's do it. Let me talk. Let me talk. All right, we're here at a greater conversation where Josh and I get some things off of our chest. Josh, what do you have for us today? So today I want to first, my greater conversation, my rant goes actually to my wife. Um, Y'all know I'm going to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. She booked my flight on Spirit. <gasps> so, you know, <Brother>. last. <laughs> so originally you were supposed to go. In, I think, November, December, oh, December-ish, I think. But, of course, COVID, her grandparents are elderly, so we decided not to go. Um, but, of course, we found cheap tickets. And flying for a family of four can be expensive. So, mm-hmm. we found cheap tickets. But I flew, I've flew. flown Spirit once, and my experience was terrible. Oh, wow. Um, and, like, I haven't flown yet, so, of course, I can't say that my second time is terrible. But, bro, it's just so much mm-hmm. that you gotta go through you gotta pay for a check on bag you gotta pay for an overhead bag mm. you gotta you got you gotta check in on the website and they send you this random email it is just so many convoluted things um that's not even the word that i wanted there's so many nuanced things um, complicated thing. That's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. That comes with flying with spirit. It's just like they don't have a 50 pound limit. It's anything over 40 pounds. Wow. You don't get snacks. Ain't no free Wi Fi. 
Like all of the things, you know, it's just like right. this is so plain personified. And Asha, I'm blaming you for putting me on here. And I'm already, I'm a claim a good flight, but like I don't want to fly tomorrow afternoon on this here flight. <laughs> and I'm just irritated. Like, I get it that I actually appreciate their low fares. I think mm-hmm. they provide the opportunity for people who probably would not be eligible to travel to have the the means to do so. But when you like, I would much rather pay for the for convenience. Right. People right. clown Southwest, but you get two free bags plus free. a carry-on, plus mm-hmm. a personal. That is four bags yep. for free. Okay, (laughs) for free. Okay, I love me some Southwest. And then Delta, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you pay $30 for the first bag now, but like Delta just gives you a better flying experience. Like, you know, you can pick your seat without paying for it. Like, all of the things. So, like, I'm just, like, irritated already. And I'll probably update y'all next week if I have to snap on a flight attendant or a gate agent or somebody. Because last time I flew Spears, somebody almost got to fight right in the middle of the concourse. Lord and it was when I tell you, and my cousin said, when she flew Spirit, that they stopped in a random city, Brown, like a Greyhound. No they way. Yes. Said they, it wasn't even on a route. They stopped in to pick more people up. To get them on the plane, they had an unplanned layover to get them, and they told them, don't get off. They were just picking people up and taking them to their plane. No. If that happens to me tomorrow, bro, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to do, bro. But that is it. So, Asha, you have made a greater conversation. I love you still, but babe, we are never doing this again. Never, never. I will if I have to. If I have to eat ramen noodles to buy us a plane ticket, I'm gonna do what I got to do. <laughs> Oh, <sighs> okay. The ghetto, the trailer part, because the ghetto was actually a vibe. The trailer part, okay. Um, I'm gonna keep it quick, but um, this is something I actually sent to you earlier. Um, Texas congressional candidate, uh, Sari Kim, mm-hmm. is racist, and she basically said she doesn't want Chinese immigrants to come to the United States, and she went on this like racist tirade, and then she justified it by saying. I can say that because I'm Korean. Um, our friend Chris plays this song called Where Are the Coons? And in this case, you know, we know coons are like black folks that are like shucking and jiving. Well, this is a an Asian person that clearly has some self-hate um, and all kinfolk ain't skinfolk. And I know y'all from different nationalities in terms of China and Korea. Um, you're just completely rude, completely um, just a terrible human being. It makes sense that you work for Donald Trump. Um, because you align with a lot of his ideologies. So just shut up. Um, but not honestly, don't shut up. Just keep saying what you're saying so people can actually sue you for the filth that you are. Um, and hopefully you don't get elected and you just disappear. Well, that's all I got. And this has been another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. Yes, we want to take this time to thank each and every one of you for listening and supporting. Um, it has been an amazing ride. We are inching up on 50 episodes. Can you believe that, Brian? Oh, this is great. Can you believe that? 50 episodes yeah. almost. 50 episodes. We need um, a party. We're going to have to do something fun. We're going to have to do we like do. a Jigsaw birthday bash or something. Must Next week. Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss it. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't think you want to. You don't I don't think you want it. to. I will say next week. I'm gonna get this to you. Don't listen to this around your kids next week. 
Uh-uh. That's Don't all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Don't do it. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, Don't do it. So, Brian, I usually actually do have any announcement. I have an announcement. In, okay. In, in, in by way of saying that I'm gonna start celebrating myself. So, okay. I mentioned it. Um, your boy is officially a a Blavity staff writer. All right, I'm clapping. Um, thank you so much. I, I feel your air claps, and it, it is just a part of a dream come true. I've always wanted yep. to be a part of a platform of this magnitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I can officially announce that I signed a contract, so it's official, official. I got my start date. Yes, and sir. Everything. Yes, sir. Feel that my W two. Um, oh, I get the bag. Get listen, the bag. listen. So I'm excited. Pray for me as I take on another activity. This makes one million in one activity. Um, but no, seriously though, super excited about that and excited about um, aligning myself with such a great brand that I respect and um, excited to do some great things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm excited about this. Uh, Blavity and Joshua Rogers is a no brainer. So let's do it. So looking forward to you. Make sure you post your stuff um, on your page, but also on the jigsaws um, so we can kind of support you and let people know what you're doing out there. I will. Um, and speaking of support, um, please continue to support us. We thank you all, every listener. We do understand that you could be doing all other kind of things, but you're listening to the Jigsaw Podcast, your favorite podcast. So please tell a friend about what we're doing. Tag some folks. Let them know that if you love this, uh, you'd like that, they will love it as well. Please rate us five stars or nothing. Um, leave your comments um, for us. Go to our website, thejigsawpodcast.com. Follow us on IG, the Jigsaw Podcast. Follow Josh at I am Josh Rogers. Follow me and I am Brian here. We're on the Facebook. We're on all the things. Um, and we appreciate you. Before we head out the door, Joshua, please let the people know what they need to do. Yes, please um, just know that this world was not made to stress you out. And if it mm-hmm. does, don't allow it to do. All you can do is what you can, while you can, in the very best ways that you can. But in the midst yep. of all of that, do not get caught. Don't let your work be undone, okay? Don't do it. That means all your heels. Use flushable wipes, mm. moisturize your skin, yep, and all the things. All right, love y'all. Be love good you. to yourself. Yep. See you next week. Mm-hmm.